one root of the matter is Stephen Maupin, the Director of Public Policy for the Tennessee Farm Bureau Federation. And Stephen, thanks for being with us. But unfortunately, you're not going to be Director of Public Policy for long for the Farm Bureau after uh, 27, 28 years. 27 you've been years. Here. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, incredible how... Uh, time goes by, but uh, you, you are taking on a, a new role uh, here pretty soon with the uh, Tennessee Soybean Association. But uh, w- we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. But uh, obviously, you've made a big decision in your life in, at uh, from from being at Farm Bureau since you came out of college and. Uh, uh, Talk about it. You you've, you have made that decision to, to take on a, a new role, but you look back at your time at the Tennessee Farm Bureau. Yeah. And, Lee, it's uh, bittersweet. Uh, everybody has seasons in life, and uh, I'm, my family and I are getting ready to go through uh, another season for us, and we're, we're excited and looking forward to that. So this new journey we're on, uh, from my standpoint, I will still be working for farmers, serving farmers uh, in a capacity of which I have absolutely loved for the past 27 years. Looking back on my career, um, you know, my intention was to uh, maybe work here at the Farm Bureau for a couple of years, maybe three, save up some money. Uh, I thought the public policy gig would be a neat thing to do for a little while, and I was going to go back home and farm. That's where my passion was. And so 27 years later, uh, here I am. Uh, but still involved with the farm community, working for the farm community. It's been an absolute pleasure. I have enjoyed public policy work. Uh, I, as a, as, a, as a teenager, realized how important being active in the public policy arena was to farmers. There are so many decisions made on the governmental level, and that even means internationally as well, uh, that has an effect on the bottom line of farmers. So it is, it's been great being in that arena, both uh, on the state level and federal level, but to a certain extent on the local level as well. And Tennessee has an extremely good business climate to farm. If you want to farm in Tennessee, the regulatory pressures, the tax pressures, um, the, the burdens that other farmers face in other states just do not exist here in Tennessee. And from my standpoint, I, I'm proud to have been a part of helping make that happen over the past 27 years. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, a big reason why farmers have, have it maybe better here in Tennessee is because of the work of what public policy has done at the at the state level in terms of and especially specifically what farm bureau over the years has been able to do for those farmers and 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 yes you are to be credited for a lot of that especially for the past 27 years but when you when you look at the the history of farm bureau now in our 101st year uh there's been a lot of uh, folks before us that that were here that made a difference and that worked on the same doing the same things you were doing back you know before you were here and and uh you know not taking away from you that they're going to keep doing that because that's what farm bureau is here all about right absolutely uh look i am honored to be a part of the legacy uh within farm bureau uh, for so many who have come before radonna rose 
Julius Johnson, Dan Wheeler, Casey Dotson, uh, fantastic uh, group of people who have left their mark again on Tennessee having a great business climate to farm. So be a part of that legacy is, is extremely important to me and honorable. But hey, let's 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 call it like it is. We are hired hands for the farmers, right? Uh, there are people hired to work for farmers that are out in the in the field uh, planting or harvesting, uh, whatever it needs to be done. Uh, we we are hired hands for the farmers in the public policy arena. Uh, our direction and guidance has come from the farmers over the years. That grassroots efforts that have come from the local farmers and on that local level, and we've just been a mouthpiece for them, and we've built those relationships to be able to deliver their message. And so that whole team effort uh, from the farm community all the way up to levels of government where decision makers are located uh, is what has made this happen. And I've just been a small um, uh, cog in this wheel to try to make that happen. And it's been a totally an honor for me. Well, and, and you, let's talk back to when you came, you, uh, you, you went to college at UT Martin. Yeah. University and, of Tennessee at Martin animal science degree. And you, you were, you came off a farm right there in Dyer County, your family still farming there. That's correct. My my brother and my dad still farm uh, there in, in, in Dyer County, row crop and also livestock. And so, as you said, you know, that, that was kind of the, you figured at some point you would be going back to do that. Uh, you were thinking sooner rather than later, but you, you knew, uh, you, you grew up on the farm and you know, the struggles and the and the victories that uh, that farmers have and enjoy by being a farmer, and you know firsthand how important it is that they do need somebody like Farm Bureau and other commodity groups that are looking out for their best interests. Because you know, let's face it, there's there's not that many farmers, and that was the whole point. I think that Farm Bureau kind of got started back a century ago is because they didn't have enough, didn't have a strong enough voice, a collective voice. And that's why they formed to, to try to figure that out, to get somebody to help them yeah. to be better at farming. Yeah, Lee, that's ex absolutely right. Let's never forget that both the U S constitution and the Tennessee constitution uh, provides for exactly what the Tennessee farm bureau does. Uh, and that's uh, to be a voice for the people out there to be able to bring any issues they have, positions they have to their elected officials. Uh, what this organization does falls right in line, in line with our democracy that has existed uh, for well over 200 years. And this is just part of the, of the process. And when that process is working really well, uh, then at the end of the day, as I've mentioned before, it is good for the farm community and any other level of occupation that exists out there. But in our case, the farm community uh, has uh, enough to be concerned about, whether it's weather, uh, whether it's international markets, uh, whatever it may be. But where the government has a place in that, whether it's trade, transportation, taxation, regulations, environmental uh, regulations that may exist out there, that's the Constitution gives the farmers that ability to bring that their positions to their legislators and that is most efficiently accomplished through farm bureau and like organizations 
Well, one thing you definitely have been successful at, Stefan, is the the relationships that you've built, uh, not only, of course, with our farmer members across Tennessee, but those lawmakers and and government uh, officials that you've worked with over the years. And I would think that's that's been a, a big part of the success is building those relationships and working with people working with farmers and working with those lawmakers and and quite frankly the lawmaker staffs because you end up working a lot with with those types of folks to you know to get to the the, the nitty-gritty so if you if you will yeah well government is a machine some people question whether it's a well-old machine sometimes but we believe it is, especially on the state level. But you're right, those relationships that are built uh, within the Tennessee legislature, uh, within executive branch agencies in Tennessee, also on the Washington level with our congressional delegation, and with uh, federal agencies, uh, those relationships are extremely important. But we're able to build those relationships because they want to hear what the farmers are saying. They want to hear what is important to the farm community. And so because they want to hear that and they're wanting to know that voice, uh, we're able to build those relationships mainly because on the county level, those relationships with the farmers have already been built. And so when we drop by their office and we're kind of the day-to-day boots on the ground in the legislature, they want to know what... uh, Uh, the staff within the public policy division have to say, because when we're talking uh, in their mind, they're visualizing that farmer back in their district that they already know who may live down the road, who may, they may go with whom they may go to church uh, or has talked to them and built a relationship back in the counties. That's why it's a very efficient way of exercising that constitutional right. And you know, firsthand how, how we've, uh, we, you, you come up with, you know the the issues that you take to those lawmakers it like you said it comes from those farmers it comes from your brother from your father from uh, those farmers in all 95 counties and then in all 50 states it's farmers that themselves face the problems you know a lot of times a lot of people would think or might think that decisions that the Farm Bureau does, you know, comes from the president and the board of directors, and it does to some extent. But we know from firsthand knowledge that the issues are brought up from that farmer down the road or, you know, farmers across this state collectively know what the issues are, how they're being impacted by a certain regulation or the trade implications that, that, that happen. So we know that it comes from the ground up. Are the policies that you take and you've been successfully lobbying on their behalf at the state and federal level, it comes from our farmers, right? That's ex- you're exactly right. You know, every year the Tennessee Farm Bureau sends a copy of um, the resolutions for that year uh, to all lawmakers, um, to the congressional delegation, and other decision makers within government. And I know at least on Capitol Hill in Nashville, we've been told over and over, whether it may be an urban lawmaker, rural lawmaker, that where they 
don't know to go on an issue. It may not even be an agricultural issue, but when they're confused sometimes of what they need to do in making a decision, and they have to make decisions, sometimes they'll pull out that resolutions book and just see where the Tennessee Farm Bureau is on that particular issue because they know the policy process has been a well-vetted process where debate has occurred and a compromise has been reached in a very civilized way. And so when they're caught in between that rock and a hard place, they know they can turn in that book. And if the Farm Bureau has taken a position on it, the process that was used to take it there is very credible and that they can rely upon it, uh, which is uh, a lot of times uh, in politics unheard of. I'm reminded, Lee, and you remember this as well, of a very urban lawmaker uh, didn't agree with us uh, or the Farm Bureau very much on issues. And there was a statement made on the Senate floor uh, about a particular issue, and it was on an opposing side from us. And that lawmaker said um, the Farm Bureau didn't do their homework on this one. They just have the wrong position. And this urban lawmaker sought to be recognized, raised his hand, spoken to the mic, and said, everybody down here knows I do not agree with Farm Bureau on very many issues at all. Uh, but I totally disagree with the previous speaker and that Farm Bureau has always done their homework. And they may disagree, but they've always done their homework and their process can be depended upon. And uh, that spoke volumes for this organization and its credibility. So 27 years of uh, working at the Farm Bureau, uh, you've seen a lot of legislation uh, go before the state legislature, uh, a lot of laws and a lot of uh, different lawmakers over the years, and and it, same thing at the federal level. What talk about what you're going to miss? You know, I, I know that in your your next line of work with the Soybean Association, we'll talk about that momentarily. But uh, you're you're still going to be working with folks uh, in in public policy. But talk about what what you know, what you're going to miss. You, I'm almost thinking you're not going to miss those long nights and there at the Capitol and not knowing when you're going to get home, but uh, maybe not. Maybe you enjoyed that. Yeah. Lee, first of all, I'm going to miss all my colleagues at the Tennessee Farm Bureau. Um, and we, it's a, we call this a family organization, and it is, but uh, everybody on the, from a staff standpoint works so close together that we are like family. So that's, it's going to be really tough missing the day-to-day -day interaction with a, a fantastic staff at the Tennessee Farm Bureau. And I would put them up against any other state, any other institution for that matter. Going to miss that. Um, and I will also, uh, there will be uh, parts of the public policy process that I will miss because every day, that you're in the arena, especially the state legislature, is a historic day in some form or fashion. So there's a certain amount of personal pride that comes with being involved in that. But as I said before, everyone has their seasons. And, uh, yes, you were talking about those long nights <laughs> and early mornings. And um, uh, I will miss a part of that, uh, but there are parts of it uh, that, that I will not miss. But, uh, but I will miss being involved and some historic happenings in and out of agriculture. But I will tell you, Kevin Hensley, uh, the new director of the Public Policy Division, and his staff are going to do a fantastic job. And uh, they're going to pick up uh, uh, this uh, baton, and they're going to run with it. 
Uh, they're going to do so much, uh, so much better job. Uh, they're well equipped. They, there's a lot of energy in this department now, and uh, a lot of creativity that will be coming on. And so, uh, Kevin and his team will serve uh, the Tennessee Farm Bureau and farmer members of the Farm Bureau extremely well going forward. Well, that feeling is mutual, Stephen. The staff uh, here is going to miss working with you on the day-to-day. Uh, basis that we've uh, many of us have enjoyed I've enjoyed it your whole career because I've been here for the the whole time that you've been here but we're definitely going to miss that day-to-day interaction but we're still going to be interacting with you because uh, of where you're going tell us tell us where you're headed you're and and to a sense you're headed home well, to a certain extent, I am headed home. I'm from the West Tennessee region uh, originally, and the uh, Soybean Promotion Council offices are in Jackson, Tennessee, uh, and I was raised up about 45 minutes north of there. So we're going to try to get closer to that area, uh, be closer to the farm, be closer to family, and that's extremely important. But I, I'm excited personally about the opportunities I'll have with the Tennessee Soybean Promotion Council. Uh, soybeans nationwide uh, are they they are taking on its own identity as a as a crop from a standpoint of the prominence in the in the food the the human food grade aspect livestock feed aspect of course and those two have always existed but there are some very exciting things happening uh, on the renewable fuels front and they're happening very quickly. And certainly the country is kind of upside down right now from the standpoint of uh, petroleum prices. Uh, the rest of the world, uh, more significantly Europe and Southern Africa, are in, is in dire need of, of, uh, of oil crops. And what is going to meet that demand? Well, soybeans. Uh, we have a lo- strong legacy at raising soybeans in, in the state of Tennessee. Uh, the last statistics of 2020 showed about 1.6 million acres. And uh, those soybeans provide livings for so many farmers across the state. They are a cash crop. And so I'm excited to be a part of that. And a lot of what is happening on the front uh, of soybeans and the different uses for that product were funded by farmer checkoff dollars. Had it not been for the farmers uh, placing upon themselves uh, a checkoff process uh, in order to fund research, education, and, and development and promotion. Many of these new uses for soybeans that are so important to the worldwide economy right now would not be available. But the farmers did that, did it to themselves. Great foresight on the part of farmers. So I, I'm excited about being a part of that, uh, serving a board of farmers, uh, and you're exactly right. Um, every one of them I've worked with in the past in Farm Bureau. Uh, so we're all going to be part of a team. But uh, from my standpoint, uh, I'm going to be kind of focusing in on one specific commodity, continue doing the same type of work I've been doing, but more specific to the soybean commodity. And I, I'm just really excited about that. Parks Wells, uh, Lee, I'll just mention, is, is retiring. And uh, he is now the director emeritus and has done a phenomenal job. And I'll be standing on his shoulders uh, to make all this happen, and what a great person to follow, and uh, and, and he he will he's he's uh, kind of a rock star in the renewable fuels area, and so we're proud of his service in the past, and look uh, forward to working with him making this transition, and I hope he does well in his retirement. 
Well, and there's no doubt Parks Wells is an icon in Tennessee agriculture and especially with the soybean industry. And uh, uh, I know you're going to uh, you're going to gather information from him going forward to help you in this transition. But, uh, Stefan, I know you, 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 you're you not going to need a lot of help in the transition. You're you're going to do fantastic for the soybean growers. But So your offices would be uh, – they have an office in Jackson, right? Uh, That's correct. And, and uh, a promotion council and then the association. There's a, there's a lot of parts – right, to uh, the whole soybean association That's world, right. right? Yeah. Yeah, the the, uh, the Tennessee Soybean Promotion Board, which is a uh, set up through the, the state statute, receives the money uh, from uh, from USDA that's collected from the uh, soybean checkoff. The Soybean Promotion Council is the organization that is charged with using those funds uh, and dispersing those funds in a way that it fits all of the um, holes for research, promotion, development, and education. And so the council is out there doing a lot of the, is basically doing the work, whereas the promotion board set up through state statute receives the money uh, and ensures that it's counted for directly. And then the Tennessee Soybean Association, which is separate from the Soybean Promotion Council, is uh, the organization arm for soybean growers. It gets involved in public policy work, especially on the federal level through the American Soybean Association. And we plan on being more involved on the state level as well. But it is that place, if you are a soybean producer, uh, where if you are a member, then that association speaks for you regarding matters related to soybean production. And uh, it's uh, a part of that picture. And as you know, well know, Lee, uh, the Farm Bureau is a general farm organization, not just one commodity does it represent. And then we have other commodity organizations out there that are very active for other types of commodities. And when you fit all of that together along with the Farm Bureau, uh, again, it, it, it makes for a great situation in the state of Tennessee from a standpoint of delivering that message uh, to decision makers within government. And that is the root of the matter that, uh, that we are blessed here in this state, not just because of Farm Bureau, not just because of the Soybean Association or, or the other commodity associations, the Department of Agriculture, the universities. We're, we're blessed that uh, we have such a unique partnership, excuse me, and relationships with one another uh, that I think it's unlike other states and and we both have seen and know about other states and I, I don't think we have a better working partnership relationship with the industry of agriculture than than what we have here in Tennessee no we don't Lee in my 27 years of experience and dealing with my counterparts uh, and within Farm Bureau and other states, uh, more specifically the Southeast, we are the standard. We're the gold standard in Tennessee from a standpoint of how our entire agricultural industry and infrastructure works together. It's very efficient. It's very civilized. It's not controversial. There are no turf wars. And everything that whether it's, like you said, the University of Tennessee, Tennessee Department of Agriculture, Commodity Groups, Farm Bureau, 
others that are involved, everything we do is for the benefit of the farmer. And everybody has the same mission, and we move towards that and work together. And uh, we are the standard. We're the gold standard, I believe, nationwide in Tennessee. Well, Stephen, we definitely uh, are looking forward. We're, we're sad to see you leaving the Farm Bureau, but we're looking forward to what you're going to bring uh, to the Soybean Association. And again, uh, the Soybean Association is a partner with the Farm Bureau. It's a partner with all the other ag industries in this state, and that's going to be a good thing uh, that they have you kind of heading heading that roll up for the Soybean Association. So again, we're, we're going to miss you on a day-to-day basis, but I know we're going to see each other and all of our farmers. That's the, that's the other thing, you know, you're, you're working for Farm Bureau now that's run by farmers, and now you're going to the Soybean Association, and it's run by farmers, right? So, uh, and, and you're a farm, you're, you're going to get closer to home where you can help your brother and your dad there right there on the farm, right? Yeah, absolutely. It it is good to know that in changing jobs, I'm I will be uh, working for the same people, and and also it's going to be good to again be back home on that farm, um, whether it's nights or weekends, uh, to be able to jump on a tractor and help out, um, maybe run and pick up something. And and I've learned within the farm community that the network is is really small at the end of the day, and they do talk, and there's so much information. Uh, that you can consume and absorb uh, just by having an opportunity to talk to a few farmers, whether it's at the co-op, maybe it's over lunch at a store, or maybe just going out in the field with them and riding on a tractor. And I look forward to doing that. Uh, I have been told by some of my board members, if you get close to my place, we're going to put you in the seat of a tractor. (laughs) We'll see about that. But I look forward to it. Uh, Lee, uh, it is, um, for me, I am very blessed and my family is blessed that uh, I've had an occupation for the past 27 years and will continue to have an occupation working for farmers on behalf of farmers. And I would just tell all soybean producers out there that uh, we're really excited about what our organization is going to be doing for you in the future. Uh, we've also, we're also very uh, um, honored by what we've done in the past, and we hope that the, the best is yet to come from a standpoint of what Uh, the soybean organizations can do for you. Stephan Maupin has been our guest on Root of the Matter. And Stephan, thank you for your service to the farmers of the Tennessee Farm Bureau Federation. And we look forward to your service for the soybean growers in the Tennessee Soybean Promotion Council. Thank you, Stephan. Thank you, Lee.